0: Yeah, so, sounds All good. Right. And, I, yeah. and I don't need to mute anything on my end, right? Everything's.
1: I don't think so. You're cool. good. I I don't actually have the board up in front of me because uh, I'm on the MiFi. But uh, I mean, I think it should be fine. You know. All right. Cool. Just uh, you know, if you cough, uh, cough off my, my mute switch. Sucks. My mute switch sucks. Sucky mute oh, switch. Oh, don't don't don't
0: touch it. Don't, isn't that awful? Don't. Isn't that awful? Don't do that. I thought you were a professional.
1: Uh, you know, it's this brand, man. Half of them come like this. I I've 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 I'm really disappointed. I've been buying these for ages, and the last few have been really disappointing. All right, here we go. It is the Unfiltered program. Chat room, please bang suggest as we go along. It begins at three. In a two. <laughs> Off my cuff. This is Unfiltered, episode 286 for July 11th, two thousand and 18.
0: this in two different places as you've heard from that special music that we only play when we're doing a special remote version yes it's me i'm back from north korea my name is chase and i'm here with mr chris
1: fisher chris where are you coming in from this week Hey, buddy, I can't actually tell you because uh, it's in an undisclosed location undisclosed. in an unlabeled building. Okay. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. I'm down here no. at Linux Academy back down in Texas. They're doing a big live event this week, all powered by the Linux rigs that I sent up for them.
0: Oh, nice. So I'm
1: down here like a good captain of the ship to make sure that uh, we sail to our final destination. And our last live event is tomorrow. So I might be down here till the weekend. I'm not quite sure. Don't really actually have my return flight planned yet. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: So oh but so, man, you, so you didn't you didn't take Lady Jupes down or anything like that.
1: No, I, I, I flow down. I think as how you guys say it? you flows. I don't you know. How, I don't know what you. Yeah, I flow down. Sure. Here. Is that yeah, what you that's guys what call the kids it? Are I don't know. Today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, but the, who cares about me? You just got back from North Korea. That's yeah. Huge. North Korea,
0: I, Syria, Iran. I I did the whole Pompeo tour. Uh, it worked out nice. very well. No, actually, so it was. It, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, actually, a good positive couple weeks. Uh, so last week was the Fourth of July. Uh, which I celebrate, uh, my wife and I. We got married on that day. Our wedding anniversary is on the fourth, and then the week before that, uh, she was actually gone out of town for a while, and so she got back and uh, got to spend some time. So, uh, definitely back in the saddle. Definitely been keeping an eye on things that have been happening both home and abroad, and uh, looking to talk about things uh, from from my perspective as I as I try to spin here on this show and. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, and, I and like it. And now you've got that worldly view that you can share with us. I do. Is...
0: Well, you know, um, Kim, he says hello, yeah. uh, and he says he listens to the show yeah. every week. Yeah, <laughs> tell him
1: to read my damn telegram. Then what a jerk.
0: Well, you know, uh, he's he's being careful with telegram these days. You know. Yeah. He's well, just... plus he
1: was out looking at potatoes earlier, so he's been yeah. pretty busy. He's he has busy. no time yeah. to talk <laughs> to anybody. So uh, what do you what do you say? Maybe we warm up a little cyber. A little you want a cyber a little bit. Yeah, sounds yeah. Good. yeah. Microsoft is saving you from the cyber so hard, you don't even know you're under attack.
2: A real war being waged and fought in cyberspace targeting the US and its allies, you and me. If you're still thinking of hackers as 20-somethings operating in a garage or maybe a criminal gang in Eastern Europe, yes. (laughs) Yes, be scared of both of them. (laughs) In the garage, yeah. (laughs) Be scared. Criminal gang in Eastern Europe, yes, but Experts say the most successful attacks today require the kind of sophistication that can only be provided by nation states. You
1: know, phishing emails. Only nation states can pull off a real good-looking phishing email. Oh, uh,
0: that's not true. <laughs>
1: well, I know. I know. Not at all. But that's, Still like, what true. all of this is always talking about. All of these sophisticated attacks have not been all of that sophisticated, really. They've been pretty basic, and that's why it's always been kind of hard to believe some of the official narratives, because it's, it's just totally possible that anybody could pull that stuff off. And they're not going to say anything in this clip that'll really make you think otherwise, but they're sure going to make it sound scary.
2: The 24-7 scale of the global cyber war is so big it's hard to fathom. Oh. One out of every 130 emails today contains malware, with 167 million malware attacks every 24 hours. Now they never tell you what is defined as malware, because it's
1: possible that a tracking url could be classified as malware depending on what your descriptors are because you have to think about how are they generating these right they must be generating these from edge device metrics you would imagine like antivirus and things like that
0: makes sense total makes
2: sense and so every time it stops and blocks something that's probably a metric out of every 130 emails today contains malware with 167 million malware attacks every 24 hours 4000 ransomware attacks every day, 30 million fraudulent login attempts, and that's just targeting Microsoft's cloud and platforms. Every tech giant is under similar attack. Password fraud, phishing emails, malware attacks, denial of service. None
1: of not a single one of those is a sophisticated nation-level attack. Like here's what I consider a sophisticated nation-level attack, Stuxnet. That's like yes. the top of the yep. pile, like very sophisticated. Correct. Did you feel like anything that he just listed there was a sophisticated only a nation state could pull it off kind of attack? Absolutely not.
0: I mean, this is stuff that I mean, you and I and probably most of our audience sees as commonplace. See it all the time, and and then you know, and also like stuff that you even download legitimately, and they try to sneak that stuff in. You know, like when you click next and you think you are moving next, but you're really allowing things. Like, oh, yeah, this stuff Like happened.
1: an Ask Toolbar or something e- like that. Exactly. <laughs> yes, happens all the time.
2: A real war being waged and fought in cyberspace, targeting the U.S. and its allies. So we're all getting targeted. It's the real war. Remember that. It's a real war. Yep. The 24-7 scale of the global cyber war is so big, it's hard to fathom. It's hard to
1: fathom because we're tracking every metric, including and, emails with tracking links. And the more you type
0: on that keyboard that we're hearing... <laughs> The, my God, that is annoying. Hackers. Um, I, I know, but the more you type, the more you know it's serious. Right. Especially if it's uh,
1: like furious typing. That's right.
2: ...attacks every day, 30 million fraudulent login attempts, and that's just targeting Microsoft's cloud and platforms. Every tech giant is under similar attack. Password fraud, phishing emails, malware attacks, denial of service. Sophisticated automated programs... That today are often run by hostile governments. Russia, China, and North Korea among them. It looks like the entire US is under attack.
3: Where there's more individuals, where there's more financial gain to be had, that's
2: where you're gonna see the concentration. That's Julia White, Vice President Microsoft Cloud Security. Those
3: attacks that happen every single day, our customers don't see them because we've stopped them.
0: Ooh. Oh. That's, that's the that is literally I feel safer this. already.
1: That's the same <laughs> argument for all of the surveillance and yep. anti-terrorism efforts yes. of the entire government. Virtual the reason gear. we haven't yeah. had another 9-11 is because we've stopped them all.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, ha- it, I, I'm laughing because it's like,
1: yeah, okay, you're technically telling the truth. Well, it's like trying to prove a negative. Like, right. you can't. Yes. It's impossible. Yes,
0: absolutely right. Yes.
1: That's why... That's why we got to think about the kids. we got to train the kids.
0: Oh, that's right. I was waiting for the kid argument to pop up
2: here.
1: Yeah, we need cyber warriors. And the only way to do that is to get the kids
2: fired up about the cyber. Well, 300,000. Yes. That's how many cybersecurity jobs need filling in America right now.
4: But here at home, USF is now training some young recruits. And this morning, ABC Action News reporter Sean Daly takes us to cybersecurity summer camp. We got
2: it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. This camp was his parents' idea. What? In just a few years,
5: more than two million high-paying cybersecurity jobs will need filling in America. That's why Merrick Cicello, a junior at Strawberry Crest High School, is here.
6: I grew up in a a tech family. It was kind of my parents signing me up,
2: (laughs) This week in Ybor City, high schoolers from all over Tampa Bay are going to cybersecurity summer camp.
1: These kids are so screwed. They are so screwed because this is like going to be the fastest area that I think collapses in the IT field because oh, you a really lot of this think so Oh yeah. <clears throat> I think it's going to blow up for years, so it's got a good short-term you know, future. It's got a yeah, like a good another solid 10 years I bet. Uh, but these kids are that are going out there are looking for careers, right? So cuz they're in high school. Now uh, I, w-
0: I would hope that, you know, when they talk about I think there are some areas that of, of this kind of cybersecurity that would be helpful. You see a lot of companies out there that don't really treat it as seriously as they should, yeah. you know, yeah. when it comes to, like, firewalls and, you know, intrusion sure. protection and things like that. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's all bad, but no. to, to kind of float these kids. Or and, even and, just be
1: more aware of, like, good practice, uh, password management, yes, and things like good that.
0: Good operating procedure, absolutely. Yeah. But to to feel like, this is, like they're trying to make it bigger than it is, it, it doesn't feel like it needs to be.
1: The uh I just if we are screwed unless we can figure out a way for the systems to self-audit, self-heal. Companies like Netflix are way ahead on this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Netflix even has a system called the the Chaos Monkey that runs rampant throughout their system, intentionally trying to break things constantly, in the middle of the day, trying to take things offline. So that way they have to build their infrastructure in a way that it can continue to operate when there is failures at any point. And it is this this—it's this really forward-thinking design to how to build a network. And they have this great technical blog where they talk about this stuff. We covered a lot in our TechSnap show. And the thing that they're doing that's super, super smart is they're building a system that is capable of taking care of itself. Uh, of course, with human operators, they are not talking Skynet here. And if you don't build like this in the future, and if we don't get smarter and build the stuff in, like self-updating to IoT devices and stuff like that, and if we don't get things like all on SSL. That's the
0: hole right there. We're is, screwed. Is IoT. That's, right. that's the hole.
1: I think if this industry doesn't figure this shit out in the next 10 years, uh, we're going to be in a whole different world of hurt. Uh, so we could be saying, oh, there's there's three million jobs over the next couple of years. That's a bullshit uh, figure that's based on a model that is run by a hiring agency. So you, just all this stuff, it feels like a bunch of hype. It feels like a big money grab. And if if we build the technology right in the future, these jobs should be less relevant. Or maybe they'll transition. I don't know. But, well, uh, I, I, I,
0: th- I, I think some uh, some of those skills and some of the things that are done are definitely transferable. And, but I, I really
1: do hope it's not like a, I hope it's not a thing that we have going on for the next 50 years. you know what I mean like I hope these kids don't make a career out of it in a way well, I they'll hope. show them how to use the terminal
0: and <laughs> at least at least they'll know how to fix their their routers uh you know through a direct connection so the
1: hey. thing is is like the stuff they talked about there like the things they rattled off like the phishing emails uh, the bad the bogus logins um, denial of service attacks these are all solvable problems so it's not actually all, all bad like we can get people to use better passwords we can design networks to withstand denial of service attacks like there are options here to solve a lot of these problems they just listed you can train people to spot phishing emails if you ha- if you make them just look at the urls before they click them like it hasn't really worked yet but they are solvable problems either via technology or by human behavior so yeah. we're not we're not as screwed as the media would lead us to believe
0: no, I, I think we're getting better. I, I do agree, though, that some of the attacks are getting a bit more sophisticated uh, and a little bit more crafty, but I agree. It really comes back to education. Uh, it also comes back to training and just putting in the investment that some of these companies lack in, in actually protecting their infrastructure. So, yeah, it, it's it's a multifaceted approach, as they say.
1: Chase, I don't know if you've unpacked your critical listening hat yet, but I want you to put it on and listen to the CNN clip that I grabbed um, 30 seconds before I went on air today. It is so packed full of fear and hype. Um, Here's the long and short of it. A company back in 2015, a Russian company back in 2015, had an app that had basically the same permissions model as the Cambridge Analytica surveys. And CNN is taking that actual fact and taking it to the level of US, U.S. citizens have been hacked. This is a brilliant piece of CNN propaganda.
7: We have breaking news tonight on Russian interference right here in the United States through Facebook. Information on millions of Americans, potentially in the hands of intelligence, the Kremlin.
1: Whoa, so we go from a company that had a survey on Facebook right to 11
7: our senior investigative correspondent, Drew Griffin, is here. Uh, Drew, uh, you've done extensive reporting on this. Tell our viewers what you're learning.
8: Wolf, a source briefed on the investigation into misuse of
1: Facebook's data is telling CNN this. That source, I guarantee you, because I don't actually know for sure, but I watched, I had to, I watched a lot of CNN today. And I guarantee you that source. I am so positive I am so positive it is Adam Schiff. I guarantee you that source is Adam Schiff. I guarantee you because he he was making inferences to it on appearances yesterday on CNN and he was kind of like hinting towards something. Yeah, the dude is on CNN every single day. And the misuse of Facebook
8: data is telling CNN this Russian company may have opened the door for millions of Americans' user data to have been accessible to Russian intelligence. Mail.ru, a Russian internet company, developed hundreds of apps through Facebook, which up until 2015 had the ability to download personal user information and the personal information of all those users' friends. A source tells CNN, Mail.ru, which claims to have only tens of thousands of users in the United States, would have had access to the data of millions of Americans who were friends with those users and that scooped up personal information was almost assuredly scooped up by Russia's intelligence service,
1: the FSB. Almost assuredly. Almost assuredly scooped up. They don't know. See, that's, There's no evidence. So that, but it's that, almost assuredly.
0: That's the problem that I have an issue with, because I really feel that some news organizations like CNN, and I, and I think a lot of news organizations are guilty of this, is you need to put out the facts and source them, and you know when he throws in the or you're almost positive, or we're pretty sure. That is how you just feed into that that misdirection fire hype machine.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's like if it's real, it hurts no one because this happened back in 2015, right? So if right. this is real, it hurts no one to wait a day or two to source that. To yeah. get another source, right? Just get it a doesn't... source
0: so you can quote it instead of saying, "Well, we're pretty sure." To say we're damn sure. sure, yeah. Imagine we're, we, if
1: you were. Yeah. Imagine if they were contributing actual, testable, verifiable investigative journalism to this case. Imagine for a moment here if this clip was different and everything that CNN was telling you right now they had confirmed with three sources and their own investigative journalism. So you knew this was like some rock-solid shit, and everything right. they were saying was 100% legit. Correct. It would be huge, but just listening to it, you know that's not the case. So your brain sort of like recategorized it as not as big of a deal. But uh, they continue on. You hear some more logic in this clip. It's It, it gets even better. And that scooped-up personal
8: information was almost assuredly scooped up by Russia's intelligence service, the FSB, according to former U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Michael Carpenter.
1: So they bring in this guy who's retired now. He no longer is an employee of the government. He's like, yeah, it's possible. So
8: Mail.ru is a large Russian company. Uh, It has to abide by Russia's laws. It has to do what the intelligence services demand of it.
1: Sort of like Google. Kind Master, of like Microsoft,
0: Microsoft yeah, Yahoo, any of it. yeah, a t and T,
1: national yeah. security letters up the wazoo. Like everything he just said right there is one hundred percent applicable about companies in America.
8: By by Russia's laws, it has to do what the intelligence services demand of it. And in this case, they demand that they provide access to all of their
1: data so in, in using this logic, Russian media, could report that any U.S.-based company has close ties to the government and is likely handed over all information to the government. And they may be right. It's That is that is what they are using for the entire premise.
8: Abide by Russia's laws. It has to do what the intelligence services demand of it. And in this case, they demand that they provide access to all of their data. All of that has to be available to the Russian intelligence services. So
0: that means if you were on Facebook, so what I was going to say, though, it, it, one thing to add uh, on top of my little diatribe that I just had there, it's not to say that it isn't conceivable or possible or strongly, you know, it, it, it looks like in that direction that Russia is probably involved here. But to to come out and just make the assumptions, even though all signs are pointed to that, when it comes to journalism and news, I I, I always thought that, you know, hey, you know, you you get all your facts in a row, and you know, and basically, here's what the presenting inside instead of the assumption side, yeah, and that and that's the part that I think we all get in kind of trouble with.
1: I'll tell you what I think is going on. Of course, what do I know? But yeah, what do we know? Here's what you know. Watching a lot of these hearings on C-SPAN, one of the things that will happen a lot as a justification for action is they will hold up a, a, like a printout of a CNN.com story or a newspaper clipping. From the New York Times. And it'll usually be something that happened months ago. And they'll say, here are several media outlets that reported on the incident at the time. And it's after some time has passed. So it's kind of out of our collective memories a little bit. It's, you know, it, the, the news cycles moved on for 90 days or so. And they'll use that as evidence that can be submitted in the public record that these media organizations reported on it. So if you're a politician that is planning to say reinvigorate the uh, Senate intelligence investigation of the Russia um, collusion and you're Adam Schiff and you're trying to get that revitalized after the Republicans walked away, you start planting this stuff out there that's like, look at this. This is related to the election, too. They were doing data collection. We need to get this thing going again. We we need to justify our resources. The Democratic side of the Senate Intelligence Committee's investigation panel has not been dismantled. They're all still there. They're all still collecting a paycheck. They're not doing much right now, but uh, they're all still meeting, and they're still punching the clock. And I think Schiff is trying to get that thing going again. Um, That's why he's been on CNN every single day this week. That's why he leaked this to CNN. Again, this is all my bacon.
0: Now, I I know you're good friends with Adam. Yeah, Man, I, really, I really,
1: really, really, <laughs> really good friends, and I've had to watch him a lot this week, so it's I know, been great.
0: I know you've been able to watch him a lot, and you guys have been exchanging messages on Twitter, and I know that you are a huge fan of what he's doing. That being all said, and I know this may shock some, and maybe it won't shock others, but I mean, honestly, I don't like how the House, in, the House panel in general handled the yeah. investigation, period. Yeah. And, you know... um, on some of the, the Republican side of things, things were not investigated fully as they should have been, and some people were not interviewed as they should have been. And to me, I, I really wish that was, this was truly like—and I know we have the, the big Mueller investigation—but some sort of independent way to do this without the politics involved, because— that is, it clouds a lot of it, and it creates a, a form of bias, especially on the Woody side, of course, because all he's, he's focused on is anything bad that he can find, nothing that could potentially look good uh, for the president for that matter. So it's, for me, it's, that's the most frustrating part is that, yes, I want to see more investigation. Yes, I want a complete answer, but not at the sake of politics, and I, that's why yeah. I feel Woody is what, what he's doing here.
1: So, Woody is the biggest political player of them all. That's why I think that thing was rotten to begin with. You see, the yeah. thing, the, the perspective to have about Adam Schiff is he wanted to be the head of the CIA. He wanted that and he couldn't get it. The political environment wouldn't let him. He wanted to be Secretary of State if Hillary Clinton won. That's why he protected her over Benghazi. That's why he tried to suppress the information about her tarmac meeting. He was her political interference runner the entire time. And so he, he ended up having to settle for the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee because he couldn't get CIA director. He couldn't get secretary of state. He got screwed around on other deals. His girl didn't get into office. And what he ended up with was this massive compromise. And he's trying to build up more political power again. Uh, that's why I, I don't trust him at all. And anything he does is for politi- his own political benefit. It's it's he's a slime ball
0: and and not to to throw a misdirection out there because I'm honestly I'm really trying not to do that but a lot of them that's all they're trying to do is is save their save their face or the ones that are retiring both Democrat and Republican or like they're not running for reelection then it feels like truth comes out then it feels like oh they have nothing to lose and so now they're really going to say what's on their mind because they're not caring about you know uh you know votes or or money or anything like that and that's. That's what pains me about this whole freaking situation. Is is this one continuous uh, drive into a uh, a wedge in, into how we are, uh, and that's that's the part that frustrates
1: me about this whole freaking thing. It's the other just, thing, oh. the other just to just to, just to really make my point, to sink my yeah. point in about what a d bag, what a dirt bag, Adam Schiff is. <laughs> hey, this Shipp is your is.
0: friend, man. This is your friend. Be nice. Going
1: back in time, do you remember we were doing this show when? Uh, when there was the attack in Benghazi and Hillary came out and said it was because of a YouTube video.
0: Oh, God, yes. I remember that.
1: Yeah. The, the individual in Congress who tried to block that coming out, the, they knew it was never a video, was Adam Schiff. He, he was the one that tried to prevent that. He, was, he also was the individual that tried to prevent Chris Stevens' emails from coming out. Oh. Uh, he also was the individual that tried to prevent the fact that Hillary Clinton had her own private email address from ever coming out. Uh, he also tried to prevent the dossier from ever uh, – the the uh, people who were paid to write the dossier, uh, they tried to prevent that from ever coming out. Um, oh. You wouldn't know about Peter Strzok and his girlfriend, Paige. You wouldn't know about her because he tried to prevent that from coming out. I mean this stuff is still happening. Like this is more recent stuff. I mean like Schiff is um, – He's a bad actor, and so I, I really don't trust his motivation. Okay, we gotta we, let's finish up this clip. We're, 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 yeah. we're done. We're no done worries. Here, but. So, yeah, anyways, more back to shift's reality about uh, Russians hacking us back in 2015 via Facebook.
8: To the Russian intelligence services. That means if you were on Facebook before the end of 2015 and connected to anyone who used Mail.ru or its apps, the Russian government could have had access to your personal information, including your name, gender, birthdate, location, photos, and page likes. Mail.ru denies gathering Americans' private information, saying oh. in a statement, we have not collected data on any Facebook users other than for the purposes of in-game mechanics. No matter, James Lewis with the Center for Strategic and International Studies says Russian intelligence would be very interested.
1: Hmm. They would be totally. They'd love it. They'd love to have it. So it must be that. Um, And there was also, uh, did you hear about this other uh, Russian-linked small-batch Putin private reserve uh, poison attack? On
9: Monday, the 2nd of
1: July, due to concerns over the symptoms both the man and the woman
9: were displaying, samples from both patients were sent to Porton Down Laboratory for analysis. Following the detailed analysis of those samples, we can confirm that the man and woman have been exposed to the nerve agent Novichok, which has been identified as the same nerve agent... That contaminated both Yulia and Sergei Skripal.
1: Now, the latest is this the s-
0: when they yeah. say the same agent because that can be taken interpreted two different ways.
1: So it's if they're thinking it was something that was discarded in a waste bin that had been that had right. uh, had gone somehow from the doorknob to a park bench to this thing that was in a waste bin from a park. Th- I don't buy any of this actually because they they shut that whole park down. They went through everything.
0: Right. And um, didn't they? I thought they used like chemical sniffing dogs, you know, because yeah. obviously dogs can track that stuff better than you and I could. But when yeah. they say the same, I guess they actually mean the actual same chemical, yeah, they not not necessarily the same chemical that was used.
10: Or this I was think the they same.
1: actually even mean the same batch. That's what, what, what that's what I, I, I meant. I, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, again, with the sloppy timing here, like Putin needs to be. A little clever. I mean, right before NATO summit, right before his private summit with uh, Trump, seems like really bad timing.
0: Or, or, or you mean uh, Chris? The, uh, uh, an interesting coincidence. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's all a coincidence. Yes. Uh, you know, the thing is, is um, I, I was watching, like I said, a lot of CNN, and I caught a moment. Every now and then, I catch these, and I think to myself. I think maybe for a second they're becoming a little self-aware over at CNN. I think they're slowly realizing that they have zero impact over the larger U.S. public. Here's CNN's Silver Fox, and he's a little worried about uh, not not Cooper, the other one. He's a little worried about America's focus because they apparently. Is this Wolf. It's got to be Wolf, right? Is no, it's another mean? Silver Fox. The other uh, Silver Fox. I think his name's John. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that guy. He, yeah. yeah. Touchscreen John. Yeah, Touchscreen John, exactly. Yeah, he's he's standing in front of the touchscreen in this clip, too. By the way, I apologize if you're watching the video going, where's the video version of the clips? I'm remote on a MyFi, so we can only do the audio of the clips because uh, I'm running from my machine today. Um, so uh, we we wanted to get the essence and the spirit of the show and get it out, but we didn't have video of the clips, so I apologize. I meant to address that earlier in the show. Anyway, so the Silver Fox is standing in front of the touchscreen, and uh, he's concerned because he was watching Jeopardy, who are supposed to be the smartest of the smart. And they don't know the basics about the Russia investigation. And I'll take Russia meddling for a thousand, Alex. (laughs) Only the smartest (laughs) of the
7: smart
5: get to be on Jeopardy, right? So what does this little exchange last night say about the nation's focus, or lack thereof, on the whole Mueller-Russia meddling and collusion investigation?
1: Focus means watching you. In
11: 2017, this ex-national security advisor pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Michael
2: Flynn, national security.
11: Leader. Suzanne,
5: who's
12: Kelly?
11: No. Steve, who's Gorka?
5: No. <laughs> I would bomb on Jeopardy, but I'd get that one right. The answer: uh. Who is Michael Flynn? When we come back, the president on the road last
0: night. Yeah,
1: so they're a little concerned about America's focus, uh, uh, but I haven't forgot about uh, your good buddy, my friend, Paul Manafort. Uh, ah. This is an interesting one. Um, they, they, his lawyer was. Uh, filed a concern about his security if he was moved and so i did a little digging here's the setup
8: just moments ago paul manafort's lawyers say they are and i'm quoting basically their arguments worried about paul manafort's current safety behind bars a serious thing for any lawyer to file the context is that earlier today a judge was ordering manafort to be moved to a new jail as he awaits his much anticipated trial which that itself might seem like a win for manafort's team his lawyers have been arguing the current jail was too far away for their preparations but now they have apparently changed their minds. Here it is. Moments ago, Manafort's lawyers asked the judge to let him stay where he is, saying moving could risk his safety. Quote, concerns about his safety. Also today— yeah, here's what's
1: going on. Yeah. So uh, they were able—they were trying to say he didn't have access to information as a delay tactic. But then um, Mueller's office released logs that showed that he was going to a separate room that had a laptop and— yep. uh, and uh, information where he could do prep and he was meeting with lawyers a couple of times a week and so they started the process to move him to a less vip style prison and then his lawyer said oh no 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 it's fine now we're worried if you move him he he won't be safe yeah yes yeah, safe that's what we're worried about did, did you
0: it, hear by the way how he was getting around some of his email restrictions it's no, fascinating I didn't. so so he was only allowed 15 minute conversations with his lawyer at a time However, he could have as many as he wanted, but he was also restricted on the amount of emails that he could send and receive. And so, what he did to get around the restriction in, uh, is he would have a whole bunch of emails ready to go to be sent, but then he would disconnect, his, he would unplug the laptop. And so, they would be in the pending send or you know, sending folder, but it wouldn't send until the lawyer who picked up the laptop would plug it in on the other end, connected to the internet, and then boom everything's emailed Then that was back queued. Um, I mean, he's been doing, for a guy that's supposedly innocent, I'm just saying, for a guy that's innocent, he's doing a lot of shady things.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's al- also another story. I'll have a link in the show notes. I don't have any audio on it. But Manafort uh, is so screwed. Uh, it it, <laughs> yeah. it I, I have a link. Uh, it, it appears that um, Bob Mueller, your buddy, Bob. Bob. You're you're good buddy. My, my good uh, He yeah. has filed for 100 blank indictment checks. I guess that he files for them. So he has requested 100 blank indictments in Paul Manafort's case. So the people around Manafort are going to be dropping too. So – that is uh, huge. I don't know why there. will probably be it'll probably be on the evening news tonight. There'll probably be stories about it tomorrow. Uh, or that link I have is bogus, but I'll have a link in the show notes. And it says that he's requested a hundred blank. That doesn't mean he's going to indict a hundred people, but it means he wants the leeway to. I guess. <laughs> it's, seems like a pretty. That seems a hundred seems like a lot. Like, uh, you know, you when you look into Manafort, dude, he lo- he looks and reads like a gangster. Like the stuff he was doing, the deals he was making on the side. Uh, of course, he wasn't. By the Podesta's were involved too. But he really. I wonder if some. I wonder if it'll be some of the Podesta's now that I think about it. That'd be interesting. Yeah, the Podesta no, brothers I, could be in that list. I mean, probably it, not.
0: Do you think uh, Manafort, if if everything does happen and it finally goes through the trial and he gets sentenced, do you think he's going to get a pardon?
1: No, really. Yeah. Yeah, that would be too politically cost, costly for Trump. Uh, I think you know, as long as, as if Manafort can fall and it doesn't touch Trump, I think you'll let him fall. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, the I guess you I you should I, be I th-
1: asking is, what about Michael Cohen, right? Because oh, p- the fixer. Yeah, the fixer. Right. I mean, there's. So last week I covered uh, an interview he did off camera with ABC's George. And there are, even today, still ripples of butthurt on the air about him even doing that. Because really what he was doing in in that interview was signaling that he's ready to roll over and and tell some secrets. Um, That's massive because I guess what it means maybe in the back channel is that Trump said, no, you don't get a pardon. Here, this is the judge saying that this is a bad idea for Cohen to go talk to any investigator. He says, it's bad for Trump. It's bad for Cohen, but it's mostly bad for Trump.
13: Additional analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano. So he went from taking a bullet to taking an interview. Right,
14: right. I don't, I don't know why he would do this. I can't imagine his lawyers would want him to do so. There's no good that can come from somebody who's under a federal microscope. He's not a subject of a criminal investigation like the president. He's the target of a criminal investigation.
1: What he means by no good, it's like, uh, it's like how you, you know, you have the right to remain silent. Um, anything you say can incriminate you. Anything you don't say will won't incriminate you. So just shut up when you're under investigation. Yeah, that you means don't have he's to very. Talk. Yeah,
10: <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: you can you can just wait to trial. Um, and that's that's you know you don't have to. I mean at this point I mean what good is it
14: unless you're playing a game right criminal investigation like the president he's the target of a criminal investigation that means he's very close to being indicted for something we don't know what i can speculate if uh, if you want no good can come from trying to communicate to those who are at trying to indict you through television rather than through your lawyers.
13: And I would I would add if we got you to speculate, it would be more like, you know, a connotation than than real speculation, because you're looking at all the facts here. Real quickly, though, talk to me about the substance of what he told ABC, and then we can talk about what What, the
14: substance of what he told ABC, if it's true and if he means it, should cause the Mm. president sleepless nights. I mean, Michael Cohen was not only. Uh, the president's lawyer. He was his fixer. The, that is, the president asked him to do things that lawyers don't typically do. You see this problem, make it go away. You know where to get Which the cash. Which
13: comes the question that, that I've seen uh, asked in different ways, and I, I don't know what they'll ask of Michael Cohen, but why did the president trust him? Is there something in his background? What 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 about Michael Cohen?
14: Michael Cohen must have impressed the president. We're talking about 10 years ago when he first started to work for the obviously pre-presidential Donald Trump, as somebody who would take a bullet, somebody who would do things that other lawyers might not want to dirty their hands doing. I'm not suggesting that they committed crimes together, but it does appear as though Michael Cohen was involved in things that other lawyers wouldn't go near, like paying people for silence, (laughs) like getting newspapers to say something different than what they wanted to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's a soft spot. Um, That is a soft spot, but... Well, he said he's my, going,
0: he's going to, you know, he's going to look after his family. and My you family, know, my country. My country, you yep, know, and it, and it was country. definitely, uh, I saw that as a kind of a warning shot saying, hey, you know. Me too. And the other thing too that's been kind of interesting in this whole ordeal is the silence, honestly, from from the Trump White House.
1: So uh, Giuliani uh, yesterday, I think, I can't remember because it all kind of runs together, uh, was on <clears throat> CNN and uh, I think we've seen it was CNN. Aren't like they fake it news? I, th- I mean, why would he go on CNN? I thought... Might have been Fox. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and probably, uh, yeah. it was the... So they asked him about this, and his response was... It felt like messaging. He said, as long as Michael tells the truth, yeah, we're that. home free. Now, why would he say we're home free? Like, that... As long as he just... But the way he said it, and he kind of, like, nodded, and he said a couple... Uh, I wish I had the clip. I just... I was listening to it while I was I know that quote in the hotel room. um it was like, <clears throat> as long as he just plays ball, tells the quote unquote, our version of the truth, whatever it might whatever the agreed truth is, then we're all home free, and we don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the pardon. We don't have to worry about nothing. I Just got a tell little our version of the truth.
0: I got a little bacon. Just a smidge. What's that? I mean, it's yeah. a small it's a small sliver of piece cuz I'm on a diet thing right now.
1: You know the you know the bacon down here is pretty thick, dude. It's I pretty. know with
0: the pepper. And, yep. Yep, I smell it from here. Smells good. I miss that bacon. But my little piece of bacon is before cuz I think Cohen and the president knew something was going to happen with this investigation, right? So they 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 came up with a story, and now they have that story. And you know, there's been some silence, like I said, from the White House to Cohen for a while. And you know, what happens when no one talks to you that you know you you're very good friends with close? You start to thin. think maybe they're turning on me. You start to panic. You start to freak out a bit, and then you sit down with
1: George Stephanopoulos and, and you start trying to maybe apply some leverage,
0: right? And, and so Julian so so Trump said, hey, hey Rudy. Get on TV and, and give them the coded message. And the coded message is, hey, as long as you tell the truth, and, and I'm putting my emphasis on this, the truth, meaning our secret story, everything's going to be fine. You're home free.
1: I could see that. All, all, I could agree with almost all that except for I could see that just being what Giuliani does without ever talking to Trump because his job is to fix this without getting Trump in trouble. So I could see him taking that initiative, too. Yeah. If To me, it feels like this doesn't happen. But unless there's some conversation on the back end that says Absolutely. you're not going to get a pardon yep. and then when that you're not getting sorry Johnny you're not getting a pardon or sorry Michael actually you're not getting a pardon uh, maybe that too could be it I don't know it's you know it's, it's a bunch it, really what it is is it's a bunch of gangsters playing hardball with each other Manafort's a gangster Trump's a gangster Giuliani's a gangster. <laughs>
0: Right and aren't you know, they all Cohen, from New York? It's that New yeah, York go,
1: attitude, right? You go look at pictures of Cohen. He's hanging out in front of coffee shops at tables in in uh, Hawaiian shirts with a bunch of guys that look like gangsters. Oh my! <laughs> it is they, they look like stereotypical gangsters, mm. and now these gangsters are trying to hit each other in the balls. Is basically, I think, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, taking shots. Uh, does the name Lisa Page ring a bell? Lisa uh, Page. S-
0: she's the gal, if I remember She's right. an FBI lawyer. FBI gal that right. uh, d- was involved in the texting scandal, right? Texting with Peter yeah.
1: Strauss. Now, Strauss. The, the official line is that uh, they were boyfriend right? and girlfriend. Yep, yep or it was an affair or something like that. Well, she was supposed to testify today. I say, supposed to.
13: Meanwhile, Fox News alert on Capitol Hill, former FBI attorney Lisa Page, known for her, remember, anti-Trump text messages with Peter Strzok, will not appear at today's closed-door deposition with two House committees, defying a congressional subpoena. Her attorney says Page needs more time to prepare. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlatte not having that, saying, quote, it appears that Lisa Page has something To hide, chief intelligence correspondent Catherine Herridge is live from Washington with these developments. Good morning, Catherine.
0: Wait a minute, I know that name. Oh, we don't have video this week. How dare you take this from me? I I am back. All right, I know. I went through North Korea, the DMZ, Syria, all these places to come back and watch a clip of Catherine Herridge possibly hold a prop. In and what my do you defense, do? you give me an audio show.
1: Fine. In my defense, did I Fine. not screen cap the prop holding and send it to you via yes, Telegram she did. today? Yes, she did. Yeah, right. <laughs> I
0: take care of I'm, you. Buddy. I'm, pl- I'm playing it up for the show, man.
1: Come on. <laughs> she does have. Yep, yeah, she <laughs> yes, has a prop, and I knew it was important to you, so I had to take a screenshot for you. Thank you. I had you. To.
0: Thank you, Prop Watch yeah. 2018. Yes.
1: So the reason why they're saying that she is intentionally trying to deceive the court is because the defense that she used, the reason, I guess, maybe not the defense, the excuse that she used for not being able to show up today is that she hadn't had a chance to review the documents and prepare. And so she couldn't testify. The documents being like the copies of the text messages and all this kind of stuff and some other memos and whatnot. The reason why they're calling that a lie is because they have her going into a room with the documents on the logbook from yesterday. Where she went in there for like an hour, where the documents were with her lawyer, and so she did have time to review the documents, unless she wasn't really in the room and whoever signed the logbook forged her name and all of that. I,
0: I do, I, I do kind of find find it mildly hypocritical, where they're talking about holding her in contempt when we've we've had big names. That have re- refused to testify, yeah. or they'll only do it behind closed doors, or whatever the case may be. Or when they
1: do testify, they use executive privilege and right. just don't answer I anything. Mean, so
0: to he- hear this, in my opinion, a bit comical. Oh yeah, you know, it's like here's come what on. it is.
1: I, I I believe, having watched um having watched the testimony with the FBI director and with the uh, AG. Um, the FBI agents are held to a higher standard. Like they're sure. not, their, yeah. political, their political leanings weren't supposed to get involved. Like this, if, if the FBI is, has any moral core left at all, this should be a major concern that, that this happened. So that might be a little bit at play here, but you're right. They're, she is being held to a higher standard because Paul Ryan came out today on camera. And was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hold her in contempt if she don't show.
13: Correspondent Catherine
1: Herridge is live from Washington with these developments. Good morning, Catherine.
15: Thank you, Sandra. And good morning. The Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee that has direct oversight for the FBI issued a statement late last night, and the key phrase points to further action in the near future. It reads in part, we will use all tools at our disposal to obtain her testimony. Americans across the country are alarmed at the bias exhibited by top officials at the Justice Department and FBI, and it is imperative Congress conducts vigorous oversight to ensure that never happens again. Republicans remain focused on those text messages and the intent behind them. These texts from June 2016 at the height of the FBI Clinton email investigation talk about doing, quote, fine edits of FBI interview summaries known as 302s. What's significant is that they are the FBI's document of record for witness interviews. In another text from August 2016, recently uncovered by the Justice Department's Inspector General, Page writes, Trump's not ever going to become president, right, right? And Strzok responds, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. One lawmaker told your show yesterday that he's looking ahead to Thursday already, and Agent Strzok scheduled public testimony.
2: We're going to nail uh, him down a little bit more. You're going to have the whole committee going to be participating, so that will be a more active uh, discussion. I'm prepping. I'm, I'm prepping uh, uh, my questions, and I know that my colleagues are as well, so we're just assuming he's going to show...
15: Through his lawyer, Strunk has uh, complained already that he believes the process is overly politicized and not a real search for the (laughs) facts.
1: Oh man, that's rich coming from that guy. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Wow. All right. I wonder if they're also being hard on her because they're trying to send a message to Peter as if if you try to pull the same thing, we're going to come down hard. Like that could also be a play here. Just a little bit more on this.
15: And not a real search for the facts, Sandra. Catherine, what else is Lisa Page's attorney blaming this delay on? Well, it's a long statement. And in that statement, her attorney seems to blame the FBI for not providing documents in a timely manner. And it reads in part, Lisa and I went to the FBI Tuesday to review the materials that were previously produced to Congress relating to her proposed interview. But after waiting for more than three hours, we were not provided with any documents. There you have asked the committee to schedule another date that would allow sufficient time for her to pre- prepare. This comes one day before former FBI agent Peter Strzok that was Paige's one-time lover and work colleague has been called to publicly testify before Man, a joint session. Man, those workplace
1: romances. Yeah. So she claimed she didn't get the documents, they claimed she did, and the, you know, now it's a he-said, she-said kind of thing. Um, I don't know, I kind of feel like shifting gears, though, because that's just totally wait cool. and see. Maybe yeah, Peter I mean, talks at, at, tomorrow. I mean,
0: but. at this point, I mean... This is typical Washington politics. You're supposed nope to testify. Kidding. We're going to hold you in contempt. I yeah. didn't know. Make, make up excuse. I'll yep. eventually delay, testify. Delay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's the same story.
1: So the NATO summit breakfast started um, this morning and uh, generated quite a bit of uh, hoopla. Caitlin you mean Collins, it wasn't, oh, she it wasn't joins over us eggs? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, there was some cracked eggs, it yes, was just people's were. feelings. I from
15: the NATO summit in Brussels off to a raucous start, Caitlin.
10: No, no, no. It's
3: just That's a good way to put it, Allison. President Trump came out swinging this morning and I should note that he hasn't even arrived at the NATO headquarters yet. That was just at the breakfast this morning when the president sat down only minutes into his first event here in Brussels when he started airing his complaints about defense spending and NATO singling out Germany and proving every European leader's worst fear is coming true that this is yes, going to be a very a hostile summit.
2: And, uh, incredibly so. Self-
9: i think that these countries have to step it up not over a 10-year period they have to step it up immediately
3: president trump blasting america's top allies over defense spending at a breakfast (laughs) kicking off this week's crucial nato summit
9: no other president brought it up like i bring it up so something has to be done
1: i love the things he the man the things he manages to brag about are amazing
9: yeah I
0: really, I mean <clears throat> it's I mean I know that's why a lot of people elected him but man it is just like
9: though. wow Yeah
3: <laughs> over defense spending at a breakfast kicking off this week's crucial NATO summit
9: No other president brought it up like I bring it up and so something has to be done.
3: The president directing the brunt of his criticism at Germany, complaining that the U.S. is expected to defend Europe from Russia, despite Germany paying Russia billions for energy.
9: Germany is totally controlled by Russia, because they will be getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia
1: at a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate because I think it's not. But Germany, What do you think of that? Concerned? What do you think of that approach there? Like, it's like he's flipping the whole Russia summit thing that he's about to go to on its head and saying, yeah, but look at Germany. And I have a link in the show notes about this uh, pipeline, this, uh, this I pipeline. Think the
0: timing is odd to me uh, because, you know, coming off the G7, you know, he brought up how he, you know, he thinks Russia should be back in. Obviously, the G7 nations have issues. Uh, with Crimea and some of the other uh, things that uh, Russia has been involved with, and, and now he's at NATO, and again, you know, he's he's trying to basically put in and say, like, well, look, look here, 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 because he's already mentioned that uh, oh, his meeting with Russia will probably be the easiest of the trip. <laughs> I love that. Um uh, and, and so it's it's playing into this longer game that. Honestly, I'm not sure where it's going. It, it it feels odd to me.
1: Here's what I think is at play. All right. Um I think what's what's happening here is this pipeline, this Nord Stream 2 pipeline, is almost done. And once it's done, it doubles Russia's export volume. And the other metric that seems to be at play, and I have a link in the show notes, unfilter.show 286, the other factor that seems to be at play here is Europe's supplies of oil are dwindling, and they're expected to gradually disappear over the next few decades. And as they dwindle, they're increasing their buy from the major energy suppliers, and the U.S. wants in on that market. Uh, um, this is a this is a post over at the washingtonpost.com that goes into all of the dynamics that are here and that's this so this this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Go google that if you guys are out there interested. Nord N O R D Stream 2. Uh it goes through the Baltic route that goes where the original Nord Stream pipeline went which is like ready to go. It's it's like perfect for Russia to supply to a lot of the a lot of the uh, European Union, and it, it puts America in a direct competing position with Russia. It makes, them, it makes us competing with Russia for that market to sell oil. And at a time when our oil exports are going up, we, you know, we're getting a lot of oil out the door these days. So it's, it's more important, I think, than ever. I think that's part of what's, what's going on here. I think I had more in this clip. Let me, let me see if there's something else sure. I wanted to play
3: has confirmed that the president is going to have two one-on-one meetings here in Brussels this afternoon, one with the French President Emmanuel Macron and another with the German Chancellor Angela Merkel. She says during that meeting with Merkel, we can't expect the president to bring up those heated criticisms that we saw him airing during the breakfast this morning. There won't be any TV coverage of that event, but we will likely hear from the president on that again. Needless to say...
1: That already happened and it went
3: fine. We are just getting started.
1: Yeah, that will be wicked comfortable. It was actually just fine. It was not a big deal. It really wasn't a big deal. Uh, and they say it was very they, they said it was very amicable or whatever. I can't remember the line that they used, but it was just fine. Uh, okay, so that Nord two pipeline, that Nord Stream two pipeline, is I think a big part of why he's talking about it now. Um, and I think also he was trying to flip the narrative at NATO trying to dominate the message coming out of there, trying to make it a primary issue amongst the conversations and sort of add some contrast to the coverage of, well, look at this. Here, here, here everybody's talking about me going to meet with Putin. Meanwhile, Germany has these deep ties in this oil pipeline deal. Um, I think it was actually kind of a clever move. It, it must have been intentional, I think. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it's right now, the the playbook that the president is using, I mean, just look at the, the trade deals, uh, or trade tariffs, I should say, moreover, uh, is disruption and, and a little bit of chaos to, to A, get people, uh, and, and this is what I think he's trying to do, obviously. He's trying to get people to listen to his perspective on what's going on uh, in regards to trade and NATO, and so the best <laughs> way to do it is to throw a little chaos in there and, and do things atypical, and that's exactly yeah, what he's yeah.
1: doing. That's kind of his move, isn't it? Yeah, and it's And it, it uh, kind of puts everybody... Everybody gets up on their toes and he's in his comfort zone. It's kind right. of clever, yeah. especially for somebody coming in who hasn't done this before. So he can kind of disrupt the comfort zone and be in his comfort zone when he's totally – he's kind of an alien there. You know, He's yeah. not part of the elite there that don't – oh, that's really interesting the more I think about it. I want to talk about Brexit though because I think really early on – That's another big I, thing. I yeah. thought Brexit isn't going to happen. I thought well, – here's been I, – I, I, I think I put I, it
0: down too. I, I yeah. think I booked it. I don't think it's going to go.
1: Here's what I think is going on. And I could be completely wrong, because what do I know? Again, I'm some dumb podcaster down in Texas. Right. Here's what I think though, is I think this shit was set up and I can't remember exactly what led me to this, but if you go back all the way, this this is this is the conclusion I came to. If you can go back in the show, you might find out why. But I feel like you know, they were for and then they were against it, they were for I feel like this was designed to punish the Peeves a little bit, to like teach everyone a lesson. So that way they shut up about this forever. And so it was never going to go through a bunch of non-binding crap. It was never going to – it was designed to freak everybody the hell out for a while and get everybody riled up so that way everybody could realize what was awful and good about this and then they could come in after everybody decided this is a bad thing and fix it and then shut down all future discussion about this forever. Think about this. If Brexit doesn't go through, if this collapses and this doesn't happen and they remain – This is probably done for at least another generation. I mean, this is this is a closed case.
0: I fully agree. Yeah, I mean, and the when when I made the prediction, I was trying to figure out how they were going to get out of it, and I thought at first it was going to be that article invocation. Yep. And I remember it's talking about this. Yes, and because this, honestly, I know there are a lot of, and and uh, I know Veritunda, uh, UK guy. Uh, would be able to probably chime in a lot better than here we are us uh, us colonialists right uh, talking about this but they a couple needed of to fu- yanks on the Pacific coast right. and down yeah, in Texas exactly yeah. uh, a couple of rebels that we are <laughs> they they <laughs> you know the the UK residents you know they're just like kind of how Trump uh, got in and became president there are a lot of people in the UK. That were not liking how things were happening in their country and in uh, you know in Northern Ireland and in all parts. And so what they did is they they kind of went in on this vote um, and and tried to push this thing. And then maybe not look at the full picture and how it's all interconnected with the EU and and how tr- uh, travel and trade and all these things that were kind of invisible and taken for granted could be hurt
1: and harmed. Um, remember Cameron? Remember what was the funky thing that Cameron did around this? Like, wasn't he the one that kind of got this started? But then after went after after the Brexit went through, he resigned.
0: Well, it was one of those things where uh, since it feels like it's forever ago now. Because he believe like how he wasn't the, like uh, after that point, his, his he lost uh, the uh, prime ministership or whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> I forget what we happened. We should probably
1: stop. We, we're just yes. digging ourselves in. Yeah, a hole, but. And then will you know, try and then
0: to, the Yankees won or something. I don't know. I just, no, I'm just kidding.
1: I'm just I will, yeah, I will try to absorb the uh, the uh, copious amounts of corrections we get because I have not. I, I basically once I saw this all going on, I sort of stopped following it very closely because a, it doesn't impact me, and b, it's kind of like I saw the writing on the wall, and it feels like it's just beginning to chip away. Well. In the
13: UK, the British Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson has quit. Let's go straight to Wait, 10 what? Downing Street. Nick Robertson. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah.
13: Is there? What do we know? And this has just happened in the last few minutes.
10: Absolutely,
6: Robin, Uh, hot off the press, if you will. Interestingly, no sign of the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister was expected to leave here roundabout now to go to Downing Street to brief uh, Parliament on what she thought she had agreed with the Cabinet on the next steps on Brexit at that sequestered meeting at a country house in Chequers on Friday. Um, This morning, uh, or over hours last night, David Davis, the Brexit Secretary, resigns. The question was, would anyone else go, a junior minister? went with him and people were waiting to see which way boris johnson and some other key influential brexiteers people who were pushing for a strong brexit davis in leaving criticized the prime minister saying she could no longer deliver essentially that that tough brexit that it was going to leave britain and it's negotiating position in a weak position that the government wouldn't have the powers that teresa may said it would get through brexit So Boris Johnson now resigning will come as a double hammer blow, but it will ring so much louder than that blow of David Davis leaving. Why? Because Boris Johnson has been a very big figure in opposition to Theresa May over the course she has been taken on Brexit.
1: I feel like this is uh, the beginning of the end of any kind of Brexit with teeth. Yeah. I
0: mean, it it was, it was, that was it. Uh, By the way, in our chat room, uh, talking about real quick about uh, Cameron, he agreed to hold the referendum as election point. That's what it was. Yeah, and so basically, yeah, I remember that. This was Theresa May's way, and I'm surprised actually Boris didn't hold on to the end, but obviously I think at this point he's seeing the writing on the wall because Theresa May, I I agree with the newscaster there, she couldn't deliver on what basically the Brexit was supposed to be about, right? Yeah. And so it was going to cause a lot more pain, and a lot more promises that could not be kept. And so Boris is I think he's just trying to get out early. Uh, because uh, the last thing I was reading about uh, is Theresa May, May lose government. Um, and then when that happens, it's all gone to hell.
1: And uh, I'm, go- I'm go- I got to go over there. I feel like I got to go over there and visit. Sounds dude, like I want to visit like a too. ball. I yeah. really do. I I, I want to visit unfilter, like the whole country. Uh, un- Unfiltered yeah. <laughs> London edition from a London yes. pub. God, yes, God, we, that'd we should.
0: Cool. Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah. It'll be so good. Hey,
1: speaking of gangsters, yes. um, North Korea does not seem to like Mike Pompeo at all and uh, he got snubbed while he went down there. He was going down there to tidy up some details and then the reports afterwards make it things sound like things were a little awkward. We move on to those high-level talks between North Korea and the U.S. appearing to hit
5: a major snag tonight. North Korea slamming talks with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo as deeply regrettable and cancerous accusing Washington of making gangster-like demands, those are their words, on its nuclear weapons program. But Pompeo characterized the two days of talks, quote, as productive. ABC's Tara Palmieri reporting from the
2: region tonight.
16: There were signs of trouble for Secretary of State Mike Pompeo when the latest nuclear negotiations started off with the most innocent of questions. He was asked if he slept well.
10: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for
8: the comments.
16: But the question was merely a setup for this shot across the bow by counterpart Kim Yong-chol. But we did have very serious discussion on very important
8: matters yesterday. So thinking about those discussions, you
10: might have not slept well last
1: night. So if, you didn't, if it's a little hard for you to understand, Mike Pompeo is sitting across from a table that looks like it's one of those long, long, like Batman-style yeah, dinner tables. Yes, huge table. And, and the, the chief uh, diplomat from North Korea says, did you sleep well last night? And uh, Mike says, yes, I did sleep well last night. Thank you for the accommodations. Thinking that, you know, he's asking if you like the hotel we put you up in. And he says, well, good, because yesterday I didn't like the shit you were saying. And I'm just going to assume it's because you were sleepy, is essentially what he says to Mike Pompeo. Oh, and, my word. Yeah. <laughs> he basically says, you know, he, he, what he said was, "Is it's not nearly that uh, dramatic, but it's, you know, I didn't like our conversation yesterday. I assume it's because you didn't sleep well. Um, and Mike uh-huh. Pompeo has this look on his face, like I could kill you with one hand. And then he just sort of smiles and I says, "I get a drone right here. You have yeah, no idea." Yeah. He's like I am the director of the CIA. <laughs> I I then moved over to the State Department. I am in charge of the war machine in a way that you do not appreciate. He I can find him. drones in that one look. Like that. Yes. That's what that one look does. <laughs> uh, and then he just kind of smiles and says, "No, I I slept, fine. Uh, director Kim, I slept just fine."
16: Just before leaving, Pompeo trying to put the best spin on his third trip to North Korea, even though he was denied a meeting with Kim Jong Un. Uh,
14: we, we had productive good faith negotiations.
16: But shortly after takeoff, that good faith was gone. The North Koreans slamming the U.S. in a statement, saying they pushed a, quote, unilateral and gangster-like demand for denuclearization, calling the U.S. issues, quote, cancerous, and expressing disappointment that the U.S., quote, left all troops in South Korea.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Play? I don't like wait, that part with the, the wait. war game I mean, stop. But so yeah, so first off, what they were expecting us to completely withdraw yeah, right now, I guess. Oh my. Well,
1: who knows? Okay. Uh, yeah, like that. Like that doesn't. Yeah, that's take gonna happen right days. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I feel like we've avoided the elephant in the room for long enough. Uh, here is uh, your good boy Donnie, introducing his new Supreme Court nomination. It took him three minutes and nineteen seconds to get to this part. In
9: keeping with President Reagan's legacy. I do not ask about a nominee's personal opinions. What matters is not a judge's political views, but whether they can set aside those views to do what the law and the Constitution require. I am pleased to say that I have found, without doubt, such a person. Tonight, it is my honor and privilege to announce that I will nominate Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court.
1: Uh, Trump, you know, he has this way of clapping that directs the crowd to continue to clap. He got these guys to clap for like a solid ninety seconds. Wow! uh, For this, yeah, it was a lot of clapping. I I won't play it. You can just take my word for it. Did
0: you see the tweet from the White House leading up to this? By the way, no. So they they put out this like promo video, if you will, like
1: oh no tonight,
0: you know, dun, 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 it was it was like it was like this like I don't know cinematic piece where you know the camera would pan to the podium and <laughs> the Supreme Court pick, and it was just
1: ah uh, I a primetime TV event
0: yeah, and he was he was promoing it too. I mean, like a true you know uh, ratings guy, uh, ratings guy, reality show guy. Yeah. Monday night, six o'clock. Yeah. Be
1: there, you know. And so, the, so there's an interesting thing about this uh, Dershowitz character. Um, the interesting thing is. I don't know. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the name Ken Starr? Uh, he was oh
0: yes, the, uh... the lead
1: uh, special counsel. I don't know if he special. I think he was special counsel investigator for the Paula Jones case, which yep. eventually led to the Monica Lewinsky case, which eventually led to Bill Clinton getting impeached.
0: Impeached. There was eleven,
1: yes. I believe, eleven recommendations for impeachment or eleven things that they found, um, and the guy that was advising Ken Starr was Brett K- Kavanaugh, Mr. Kavanaugh, the new Supreme Court pick. That's right. Okay, so that's kind of hard to follow, but he goes... So this guy goes all the way back to the Clinton investigation. He was kind of a hard hitter, you know, kind of pushed in some ways. Of course, you know, Ken Starr is his own man, but he, was, he pushed for certain things. Um, then later on, worked for Jr., Bush Jr., in the White House, where he then came out with a public statement saying that presidents... While they're in office, shouldn't be subject to investigations like this, right. because they can just pardon themselves, um, and uh, then later on, you know, he went and that was that was back like in two thousand nine. He wrote that opinion. Now, I, did, I, he a, the, no, did he say the Did he say the comment about
0: pardoning himself? I no,
1: even, no. I, oh, okay, I, I okay. was ad libbing that part. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I was just saying that was that was that was sort of the implied message there. Got it. uh, So this guy has an interesting background when it comes to what he how he feels like if presidents get them get themselves in trouble, how they should be handled. And uh, Fox brought on their favorite commentator, uh, Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, to talk about this a little bit.
11: Chuck Schumer linking President Trump's Supreme Court pick to the Bob Mueller investigation. This comes as Kavanaugh makes the rounds on Capitol Hill. Federal appeals court judge writing an article in 2009 stating that a sitting president should be exempt from criminal prosecution. Investigation till the term is over. Senate Democrats argue that's reason enough for disqualification already. Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, emeritus author of the new book, The Case Against Impeaching Trump. How you doing?
1: So that could be the argument against him. That could be the core arguments by the Democrats is he's already said that a president shouldn't. Be prosecuted, so therefore he's disqualified because this is an active, ongoing investigation. Now,
0: I I would love to, and he I know Mr. Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh would not answer this question. Kavanaugh. But what changed his mind from going through the the Ken Starr oh. investigation?
1: There is actually there is um the is New, there, New York is, Times has a episode of the Daily I think where they summarize it, but from what I remember reading. It was uh, essentially he while he was in the administration, he watched the amount of overhead legal proceedings put on the office of the president. And he and in the end of it, it's really for naught because you can't prosecute. So it, it's sort of just a big political shit show that, that the office has to take on as an additional work burden. Um, but he didn't. Feel that here, he didn't feel was that his, way
0: previous. So he. So, so here's he's his just, core
1: argument. Oh, okay. He says, in hindsight, this is this is. This is a little mind-bending, but in hindsight, he believes that if Bill Clinton hadn't been distracted by the Paula Jones case around that time that the Paula Jones stuff was taking off, he would have been taking – he would have been giving more attention to tracking down and killing Osama bin Laden. Oh, my. That the, that's That's his argument, that the two things were going on at the same time, that the president's office was managing both situations, and instead of just managing one situation – they were also managing and when and when you think about it he, he he like the point is is like it's a whole team that's in the white house it's an entire staff it's like a company's worth of staff to manage that situation for the white house it takes a lot of resources and um he was for bush like the um i can't remember the position in the white house it's not the chief of staff position but it's uh, it's it's more like a it's like the chief Staff secretary, I think, is the position. Well, a
0: deputy, right? Like deputy chief of staff or something like that, or yeah,
1: uh, it's a secretarial position. It's got secretarial in the name. So, okay. and again, this is all from my memory, but uh, they they essentially they are the key point flow of information. So documents that are coming from Intel briefings, documents that are coming in from different departments, uh, information that's coming from the president from like, uh, you know, w- whatever events going on. Like, so he would collate all of the president's information and documents for the day and present the president with that information. And in doing so he had sort of, he, when he had that position, he, that's when he really grok the inside, like, holy crap, this takes a massive cognitive load on the white house that makes them less effectual and this was happening – that's that realization came to him while he was working for Bush. And then he thought back to the timing because he was involved back then. He said, shit, that was happening when the Clinton White House was dealing with bin Laden. So he says it's possible that the response to bin Laden wasn't as adequate as it could have been, which may have somehow in some fantasy world prevented
0: 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow! Because if
1: if Clinton would have gotten them when back when Clinton was in office, then uh, this people that don't know logic, how to fly airplanes could have crashed. It's, yeah, it's I know. A, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just telling no, you I that's know. the thought process. So, well, anyways,
0: I I, I I will be the first to say that that is just ridiculous.
1: I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's just ridiculous. The New York Times is all on board with the theory,
11: though. Oh my because, god! Wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's because they're all yeah. They've they've just recently republished some of it. But anyways, I'll continue on. Okay. With this yeah.
11: Play. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Dershowitz, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, author of the new book, The Case Against Impeaching Trump. How you doing? Good, good. Good day to you. I know your book's out. Let me get to that in a moment. Here's what Kavanaugh wrote in 2009 on screen. I believe it vital that the president be able to focus on his never-ending task. With- just, a, just a note, because we
1: can't have video, so we've got to have theater of the mind here. Um, did you catch how uh, he said on screen there?
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah, so he
1: says, he's reading a piece of paper and he points to the camera operator and he says, get this graphic on screen. The entire time he talks, they never get it on screen. It's not till he <laughs> finishes the speaking. They, you can tell behind the scenes they're scrambling. You weren't supposed to say that, anyways. I'm sorry to point it out, but it's so funny when you're watching the clip because as he's reading from a piece of paper, he keeps looking up to see if the graphic has come on screen, and it, he's disappointed each time because the graphic still hasn't come up on screen. And it's just Bill is such a buffoon. Like he has not. He he he's one of these. He's one of these guys in the industry, and they're out there. I have worked with them. Uh, Mr. Chase is definitely not one of them, uh, where they they never grow beyond like their first year or so of being on air, like whatever whatever they just started as that's like what they get locked into that. And that's right. They don't grow as an on air personality. Like They don't become more comfortable. They don't become more organic. Um, they just stay that original version. And that's Bill. And it's so funny to watch him because he's such a klutz you know you're not supposed to be ordering around the booth the booth is ordering you around that's
11: how that works bill how do you not know that right. good day to you I know your books out let me get to that in a moment here's what Kavanaugh wrote in 2009 on screen I believe it vital that the president be able to focus on his never-ending tasks with as few distractions as possible that was from 2009 did he write that it was that Bill Clinton who wrote that
14: <laughs> well, it's exactly the argument Bill Clinton made it's exactly the argument I made when Bill Clinton was being impeached. Kavanaugh is 100 percent correct. And not only is he right about the president, he's right about the Senate and the House. They can't be investigated for what they've done on the floor. It's right about judges and prosecutors. All of them are immune from investigation. They're immune from prosecution for performing their constitutionally authorized acts. Look, I was up in the air about Kavanaugh. You've just helped to persuade me that he may be uh, absolutely right, at least on this issue. You know, in in my book, you mentioned my book.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's get the book. Oh, yeah. Book Let's talk about my book. I, I, it is kind of like, okay, so what is the point? I don't know. Um, and then, you know, uh, like in the case of Nixon, when he left office, the first thing Ford did was pardon Nixon for anything he's ever done in his, in his entire life. <laughs> like <laughs> going back to when he came out of the VJJ, he got pardoned. Uh, it was like a full-scale pardon. You are fully uh, cleaned. Yeah, I just can't. All right, Mr. Chase. Well, before we get <laughs> yes. into the high note, I hope we have a little sack because it's Absolutely. been a little while. We
0: we not only have a, a little sack, we have a moderate to to large size sack. Because would you say bulging, I I would say above average, Chris. Okay, the above average hey. sack. I like above average sacks. I like yes. Uh, so <laughs> so remember, you can be part of the sack by heading over to Patreon.com/unfilter. But I just want to say personally, you guys, uh, it's great to be back here behind the mic and and chatting with Chris and having you guys there be a part of the community. Uh, It means a lot. And I know my style... Is different from Chris's, of course, and we have our differentiating opinions. But at, at the same time, at the end of the day, we're great friends, and we love doing the show. And I just want to say thanks to you guys on Patreon. Yeah, it's good to
1: have you back, buddy.
0: Thanks, man. Good to be back. Uh, I do Dar- wine because, because I want to win. win. Yes, yeah, Mister Daryl writes in. Daryl Lad says, "Hey Chase, welcome back. We've missed you. Keep up the great work." Uh, Lennox Lafty uh, writes in and says, "Thanks for all the hard work you all put in the show. You guys rock." Uh, and then we got a cl- uh, we got some Club 33 members sprinkled in as well. By the way, the message I put out today on Patreon was available to everybody five dollars or more per month. I will throw these out there from time to time just to hear from a lot more people. Uh, Relian uh, Lawrence, oh I'm sorry, first Miguel Sora's Club 33 member says, "Hey guys, we have been Club 33 members for a while with." and an active credit card, lol. Uh, Chris Chris dropped some hits of pending doom and gloom on the horizon for Unfilter. Uh, By the way, sidecar note, what the hell happened last week? Because, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening on my anniversary, and I don't usually actively listen to the show because I'm a part of the show. Uh, But, man, Chris, is is everything okay, man? I just want to make sure you're okay because, you know, I'm I'm a good friend, and I want to make sure you're okay. You're okay, right?
11: I'm not going to dignify that with an answer.
0: <laughs> oh, no, love no, you no, 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 no,
1: no, uh, no. You know what? I I, uh, I really have nothing more. Th- I think that's probably it. You know, uh, it must have been a bad mood, right? Must have been a bad mood.
0: I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. It was the two weeks thing. The second week thing, you know, Chris was getting a little separation anxiety, and I understand that. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that is for sure. That happens.
0: Yes. yes. Uh, but he said this. We wanted to send you a little love uh, and support. Prior to my wife and I becoming avid listeners of the program, she was a lefty and I was a righty. We seldom found common ground despite being educated and reasonable people. Your show and your work have brought us both to the center and have made us more skeptical consumers of the media. Now we truly believe everybody lies and generally think all politicians are corrupt nut jobs. Uh, yeah. We tend to agree a lot more. So overall, net gain on all fronts.
1: You, <laughs> know, you know what's funny? You wouldn't yeah. think it, but I've heard several times that Unfilter brings the family together. I've heard yes. that a couple of times.
0: It's I, that should be the new slogan of the show, not, not the news that really matters. But right. Unfilter. Unfilter. We bring, we bring families together. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh,
2: uh,
0: yes. And so we tend to agree a lot more. So overall, net gain on all fronts. I know this show is a mountain of work. But it stands alone as the only battle against the onslaught of bullshit that is considered mainstream media brainwashing. Keep up the great fight, and we will keep on supporting you all. Thank you so much, Miguel. Uh, Relian lights in. uh, Relian Lawrence, hey, just a suggestion. If there's a lull in the news, why not have a revolving feature segment similar to High Note or Cyber? Not every week, uh, but occasionally. Uh, Keep up the good work. Uh, Galen writes in, hey, guys, I just wanted to say I love the show and keep up the great work. It's been a staple of my podcast library since 2016 election and is what got me interested in other shows like No Agenda, Econ Talk, and Even Louder with Crowder. Uh, JM uh, threw in a small comment saying what he said. Uh, nice. Waldo Waldo writes in, hey, all, replying to another Club 33 member from a few shows ago, can't remember which, asking how long some of us have been following the show. I can't claim since episode one, uh, but certainly the PayPal days prior to the Patreon launch. Ooh. In regards to the Patreon itself, would it be practical to do a small email campaign to those with expired cars before doing a little pruning? So I think we've done that. Yeah, yeah we, we did have. Do that. Yeah, good news is Patreon is better now in in doing that. Uh, so uh, they they automatically come off. There's, they don't get access to things. And, and you know, we, we do send out the, the kind reminder emails about the credit card things and stuff. Uh, and we got Veritunda. Hey, Veritunda uh, writing in and says, hey, how was Crimea? Uh, Crimea Picked up a perfect <laughs> time to go. The weather was yeah, gorgeous. Really. The beaches are glorious. Uh-huh. And did you uh, get to see the Kerch Bridge? It is impressive, as it looks like on video, is it? how was north korea uh did it feel like a police state was everyone just friendly as you might have expected any asian country to be actually I sound like,
1: like you're on heroin or something what?
0: actually no i was taking on a guided tour uh a very guided tour no i'm just kidding <laughs> I d- by the way full disclosure you guys i did not go to these places i've you been joking bastard how dare you I, but i did have an anniversary that is that is definitely true news
1: uh i can't even man i can't You know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: can't yeah, just, even just with rage you yes i know uh, he says, "Oh, also, uh, which part of Syria did you visit? Uh, rebuilding work is going on at a fantastic rate. And places like what Palmera, is Aleppo? What, what is Aleppo? What uh, is Aleppo? And, what is Aleppo? Uh, great to see you back, but I can't stay up for tonight's emotional exhaustion. But throw something in about Brexit and Bojo resigning from being a foreign minister. That will make me laugh. By the way, it's in Boom. there, baritone. Don't Job you worry. Job done. Bill Johnson writes, says, hey, welcome back. I've been missing all the chase in my face lately. I was starting to get a little worried there for a minute, the last episode or though. Thanks, Phil. And last, uh, but certainly not least, Matt C. writes in, Hey, I continue to be amazed by the initiative you guys took to create this news podcast for the people and not accept ad revenue. I will tell you right here, no matter whatever happens, this will never go to ads. It will always be community-driven over at patreon.com slash unfilter. Thanks to you guys for supporting us from everybody from $2. All the way on up to our Club 33. Yeah. Thanks so yes. much, you
1: guys. And uh, we'll give a shout-out to the new patrons this week. There were five of them, um, and we will give them a shout-out at the start of the overtime, which is coming up. And here's a rando fireworks, because I have no excuse to use it anymore. So this is for you guys, our new patrons. Thank you. And all of our patrons at patreon.com. These are for you.
0: Yeah. Now I'm going to point the horns. And it yeah. goes over the fireworks. I like that, man. It sounds
1: great. Yeah, All right, that's nice, dude. Yes. That was a good combo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. You know what time it is. You know what's up. Mommy needs a joint. It's time for the high note, and uh, this one is. Uh, this one's a time for, it's to it's to challenge your assumptions. That's what I'm trying to say. It wants you to rethink about who's smoking past.
17: Who comes to mind when you hear the words cannabis user?
18: As Lori Matsukawa points out, it could very well be your grandmother as cannabis comes out of the closet.
11: King It's oh. a deep muscle rub and I
8: use it on my right shoulder and my arm
1: connie schick used to take the painkiller percocet so um okay i gotta stop here so they uh cannabis in the closet did they just do that because it's two c's like that's weak right
0: yeah Yeah, no that's that it's a play on words it's so
1: local news it's it's just so local news and uh all right so now it's like heroin after her stroke ruins
18: your stomach for one thing and it makes you addictive to them and this is not addictive
15: but now she uses a cannabis cream for chronic pain. You know, you can
1: feel the muscles just kind of relaxing. Well, good morning, folks. Again, I'm Kelly Ogilvie. I'm the founder of a company called Deep Cell, and we work on technology
6: in cannabis.
15: Kelly Ogilvie gives talks like these at assisted living campuses a lot because residents like Connie want to learn more about cannabis, specifically cannabidiol,
1: CBD. CBD is a non-psychoactive chemical in the plant, meaning if you take CBD, it doesn't get you psychoactively high. So explains how the
15: Chinese cannabis discovered is the uh, you know,
1: product. illegal here in Texas. But I kid you not. Uh, I walked into the office here at uh, Linux Academy this morning, and there was a group of uh, probably the older older demo in the office that were talking about CBD. And the conversation they're having was much more uh, rookie. like it was they were they were much newer to the idea. like that's legal. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have any of the THC stuff in it. It gets you really like they were like they were having like like it was the first time they'd ever had this conversation with other people. Right? Conversation. Yeah. Uh, and it was people that were having arthritis pain. <laughs> I think that is going <laughs> to be a huge demo. I think it's going to be a massive one. Um, and maybe that's why your good buddy, your your friend, uh, my good Chuck buddy Chuck Schumer. Oh, Chuck, Chucky. Yeah, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Listen to this clip now. I apologize. It's got a bunch of music in there and a bunch of segues because, you know, everything's for the YouTube generation now. But the words that are coming out of Chuck Schumer's mouth, uh, I I mean, I I like what I'm hearing, but I'm a little little confused as to where this is coming from.
18: It just hit me. Why not? And I think what really helped is some of the states went ahead on their own.
1: It just hit me. It just hit me after, after over 30 years of the war on drugs. Just randomly, I thought one day, <laughs> why not legalize?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: I'm I'm the most powerful democrat in the government right now, and it's just you know, it just just it just, it just it just crossed my mind. I thought to myself, yeah, you know pots illegal.
18: And all the horror stories that people talked about didn't occur, crime rates didn't go up, drug abuse of you know, more dangerous forms of
1: he's talking about where states legalized, it wasn't so bad.
18: Drugs right. did not increase. I basically said to myself, this is the right thing to do. Let's just do it. And the reaction has been far more positive than I'd ever imagined. Right now, marijuana is ridiculously a Schedule One drug, which...
1: All of a sudden, it's ridiculous. It's gone uh, from this dangerous thing that we don't know anything about to now do it's I ridiculous. Say? What do I always say? Uh, I think you always say, I'd like another hot dog. No, mommy needs... No no no, no, oh, no, no,
0: no. no. The yes, show yeah, me the money. I mean, come right, on. Right, once, yeah. once they saw the sweet, sweet Benjamins start rolling in, yep, yep. that's all it that mattered. All that it mattered.
1: Yeah, I agree. But then so but then he says some stuff that sounds like it's I mean, I'm I'm I just won't even spoil it cuz it's 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 incomprehensible.
18: Means it's more dangerous and federalized than crack or cocaine. It's at the same level as heroin. That makes no sense. That was done during the marijuana scares of the 70s and 80s
9: the burning weed with its roots in hell.
18: So we decriminalize. Every state can do what it wants and there'll be no federal law enforcement there. Second, we provide funding to help determine the health aspects of THC, how much it affects people and in what ways. There's very little research done. Third, we provide money so that we can figure out a level of impairment. As you know, we do this for alcohol. It's proved to be quite successful and we could do the same for marijuana. Fourth, we provide some money.
1: All right, now this one, I mean, I like that they've all been money, and then so then he goes, fourth, we provide, like they haven't, like it hasn't all been money so far. Right. But Now this next one, it sounds like it's anti-big business.
18: Right now, there are gonna be a lot of big businesses who had nothing to do with marijuana who would come in and take advantage of decriminalization.
1: And he's so concerned about big business taking advantage of decriminalization. Chuck Schumer, the biggest corporatist Democrat next to Nancy Pelosi, all of a sudden.
0: Is he not afraid of the small pot shop owner who has to work with cash because no bank will accept their deposits? I mean, I, no.
1: <laughs> Chuck Schumer is going to be our savior from big business oh, as cannabis is legalized. What? Okay, so I'll, I'll let him say yeah. his piece, and then you've got to help explain to me what's going on here.
18: Fourth, we provide some money. Some money. Right now, there are going to be a lot of big businesses who had nothing to do with marijuana who would come in and take advantage of decriminalization. Oh. Why should the big boys make all the money when so many people of color and poorer people have suffered from being arrested and serving long periods of time in jail for small amounts of marijuana being in their pockets,
1: I don't disagree with that at all. Like it's a 100% accurate and what seems like a fair statement. Ab- However, you know, yeah, he is one of the big boys, right? <laughs> and it, so he, so he's he,
0: at that moment he's trying to act like he's just a small, humble servant, serving his local community and his state, right? Like, you know, that he's, you know, trying to look out for the small guy, but because he's – no, he's not a small guy. No, because he can't. I mean, he He can't. Because it's the
1: right thing because he just realized one day, hey, you know what? This might be the right thing to do, so I'm just going to do it. So, OK, right. he'll, I'll let him finish up because, yeah. I mean, again, it, it all kind of makes sense.
18: Yeah. So we provide some funding so that uh, minority women-owned businesses can take advantage of the decriminalization if they want to go into business.
1: You know, because it's gosh darn it. It's just time to do it, apparently. So that's, <laughs> that's Chuck Schumer. And that, I looked wow. it up. He's, he's, he has introduced a bill to, to legalize it at the federal level. He's actually introduced a bill.
0: Now, I, now I, now you know what I really wonder, though, is what would happen—if You know, if that happens, I mean, there goes—now you're going to have research. I wonder how the pharmaceutical companies would treat that. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I predicted, what, two Red Books ago, I feel like, that it was—I think it was by the end of the 2016 election, it would at least be downgraded to a Schedule two or something further. Yeah. But, hey, if this—I this, if this I don't think it's going to happen right now at the current state Could of Congress. Could you imagine—
1: but, could you imagine if this happens under Trump's watch, this goes to his desk and he signs it, and Trump is the president that legalizes cannabis?
0: You know, that's one of those and things— And it's because that, Chuck that would,
1: Schumer kicked it off? But, you know, that's one of those things that would honestly, I think, get him some votes. I know. it would be It would be a smart thing to do for him. And it's a smart thing to do for the Democrats to win the midterms. Like— <laughs> Everybody should be jumping on the cannabis train because it's not only going to make money, but it's going to win elections. And by
0: the way, sidecar thing, you know, you know how all these other like awesome news outlets, you know, they come up with like election twenty eighteen or midterm challenge twenty eighteen, some yeah. sort of weird tagline. Yeah. I think we need to have one because mm. no doubt, you and I come November, we will probably be covering the election. I would. We assume. should maybe
1: maybe that should be a mail sack question. Yeah. So maybe do, I mean. Cause you know, I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not. We may we can make come up with a decent idea, but the audience could have something like really good. So
0: what I think I'm going to do is net, for next week's show, uh, right. I'm going to open up the mail sack, but I'm going to be very specific on the mail sack for next week, and that that mail sack is going to be what should our election 20 U S. election 2018 coverage be called? Have uh, like a, it has to be a tagline, you know, like yeah. a, a sentence, of whatever it is, short, few words. I agree. Be creative, but be unfilterized. That That'd works. Good. Yeah.
1: Well, Mr. Chase, uh, if yes. people uh, aren't sticking around for the overtime, if they got to head out of here, give them some parting wisdom where they can get more chase in their face during the week.
0: If you would like some chase in your face and some uh, interesting feedback that I will give to people who accidentally think that I'm Devin instead of me, <laughs> follow me on the Twitter, at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. And uh, by the way... I've been doing a lot of pinball uh, streaming and, and broadcasting. I was just on an episode of Tech Talk today, where I got to chat with whoop, whoop. Uh, Ange and, and yep. Chris, and we talked about many things, including pinball. So if you want yes. to check that out, I'm on the Facebook Facebook.com/slash TV, as well as there is a Discord there, and also on the Twitter. Uh, so please come on over, hang out. Chris, you're down in hot Texas, having yeah, some man. delicious bacon, probably some oh barbecue, my gosh. some awesome food. People want to follow your adventures. What's the best place?
1: Check me out at Chris Las. I also, if you check my Twitter feed, I retweeted or I posted a link to. I didn't retweet. Just I, I tweeted a link to the live stream that I did for Linux Academy down here with them. Nice. So if you're curious why I'm down here, what that's all about, that's on my Twitter feed. You can also find it on their YouTube channel if you look for Linux Academy's YouTube channel. Follow the network at Jupiter Signal. Links to what we talk about today or downloads for the show or to subscribe and get the show weekly are at unfiltered.show, including some good information about that pipeline that Trump is giving Germany a hard time. That's at unfiltered.show slash eight six and the show is I, I don't know if it's gonna have video or not because we're working on networking issues and right now I'm on a MyFi but the show if everything goes as planned should be should be live next week. Video I don't eyes? actually know what my travel plans are so Basically, you, you know, just keep following the calendar. I suppose at jupiterbroadcasting.com. We'll have a counter, sh- we'll,
0: but, yeah, we'll make sure we get something out there and 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 try to have a our normal yeah. show. Yeah, uh, my an, intention is to try
1: as yeah. best, but I don't know. I that might be when I fly back. I have no idea what's going on, but we'll figure it out, and we'll best effort a podcast. So hopefully, if you're subscribed, you'll just get it automatically. That's really the magic. Chase, you that's just subscribe. right. And, it just, uh, uh, just takes care of itself.
0: Try it out on the new Google Podcasts app, by the way, on Android, which, by the way, I think is a really Ooh. good podcast app. Not bad.
1: Ah, all right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning this week's episode of the Unfiltered Podcast, and we'll see you right back here next, next
7: week. week. Yeah, woo!
1: Show's not over yet. Oh no, my friends! It's time to go deeper into the rabbit hole. It's over. Oh!
10: We may need some fake healers. <laughs> oh,
1: no! no. Stay woke! Oh, I am feeling quite woke. I am feeling woke right now. Thank you, Maxine. Also, thank you to our five new subs. Michael, Jaws, Naz, and Jeremy. You are the five souls that inspired this overtime segment. Well, you and all of our other patrons at patreon.com unfiltered. Thank you, thank you, thank you! Thank you for staying woke. That will never die. The stay woke meme will never die. We appreciate you over here at the Unfilter program. So this is dedicated to you and all the other people that put in over there patreon.com slash unfilter. And we do have something about Auntie Maxine right here at the top of the overtime.
13: Maxine Waters is under fire. Critics calling her to be held accountable for comments like these.
5: If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant
10: in a department store at a gasoline station.
1: Oh, hold on. Let's stop right here. When's the last time anybody who pumps their own gas has called it a gasoline station? At the gasoline station where they sell non-alcoholic beverages like the Coca-Cola company's Coke beverage. Nobody talks like that. Nobody talks like that, Maxine. I I know that's nitpicking, but really think about it.
10: And you push back on them.
13: government watchdog group Judicial Watch taking action of their own in filing an ethics complaint against Maxine Waters for inciting violence they say. So what can we expect to happen next? Judicial Watch President Tom Fenton joins us now. Thank you for being here Tom. What does happen next? Good morning. When you send this letter you send it to the chairman and the co chairman of the House Office of Congressional Ethics calling for an investigation because you think she violated House ethics rules. How did she violate and then what happens next?
18: Well, the, the number one House ethics rule is you get to act in a way that reflects credibly on the House at all times. And when you're out there in a speech, as we, de- uh, as we detailed that speech to the House Ethics uh, Committee, as you point out, uh, inciting mob violence against sitting Trump cabinet members, uh, that doesn't obviously reflect credibly on the House. And the House has to decide whether they're going to allow uh, its members to use the House as a platform <laughs> and its power and position to use a pl- uh, to, to attack – and incite violence against Trump cabinet members. Look, you yeah, know, that's
1: not going to work, is it? That's that's I mean, it's not going to they're not going to they're not going to do anything about it. But it is it is making a fair point. So is uh, uh, finally getting EPA chief Scott Pruitt out. And that guy, that guy had more controversies than uh, I thought were possible in in such a short run. But his resignation letter is really a beauty. I mean this thing is sucking so much Trump it's disgusting.
13: Some people might call it draining the swamp. Maybe the better question is how toxic is the EPA about to become with embattled administrator Scott Pruitt now out. The president announced the news and named Andrew Wheeler as the acting head of the agency. Trump still praised Pruitt, despite 15 ongoing investigations involving the former EPA chief. In Pruitt's official resignation letter, he noted it was an honor to serve under President Trump. Actually, it was such an honor, he mentioned that phrase eight times throughout the letter and signed <laughs> off with your faithful friend, Scott Pruitt.
17: <laughs> Joining me now to discuss
1: your faithful friend uh yeah i like that the media was counting it too that's good scott that's scott pruitt's situation <laughs> i just don't even know i can't even with them all right well we're keeping we got some short hits for you don't we these are nice tight clips this week i was uh cutting tight apparently i was in a mood to cut them down and to get right to the point so let's make up for that with a slightly longer one here
13: Fox News alert the federal government missing a court order deadline to reunite migrant children under the age of five with their parents.
1: Who didn't see that one coming?
13: All the while, a second deadline is quickly approaching to reunite thousands of older children who have also been separated from their families at the
1: Oh boy, we're going to have deadlines stack up. They're not They're not going to get to the first deadline before the second deadline reaches with the older kids.
13: ...deadline to reunite migrant children under the age of five with their parents. All the while, a second deadline is quickly approaching to reunite thousands of older children who have also been separated from their families at the border. Quote unquote, older children over the past few months in New York City alone more than 200 children are being held at a facility in East Harlem Brian Yanis is there live for us this morning Brian
19: hi Sandra right now stormy Daniels lawyer Michael Avenatti is getting ready to speak here in front of the Cayuga Family Center in East Harlem where over 200 separated children are being taken care of as well as there's other There's also immigration activists who are also
1: Isn't, isn't that incredible isn't it incredible how people capitalize on this stuff? Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Yeah, you heard that right.
19: Uh, 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 uh? <laughs> That was my response when I heard that. Speaking here about how this is a moral issue for this country. That deadline came and went yesterday. The deadline to reunite some 102 children under the age of five with their parents. As of yesterday morning, just four children, four, were reunited by the government. The judge ordered that an an additional 59 needed to be reunited by the end of yesterday. We shall see how many have been reunited today. Last night at an ice center in Grand Rapids. Michigan two young boys and a girl were reunited with their Honduran fathers they were reunified parents are now being freed with ankle braces because there's simply not enough room to keep them in detention centers the government said 12 parents have been deported without their children complicating reunions
4: so sometimes it takes a little bit a little bit of time to find the parents so especially if they had already been deported we need to communicate with them some of them live in rural areas it is difficult finding them sometimes. So we need to track them down. We need to talk to multiple family members, and that can take some time.
1: So that's why that part should have been figured out before the whole separation part, you see. (laughs) Because, yeah, now you got yourself a situation. They've gone back home in some cases.
19: In a statement, ICE said this, quote, For the past two weeks, ICE has been staging adults in geographic locations near HHS shelters to facilitate that process. We will continue to reunite those those cases that are cleared by HHS as quickly as possible. The ge- I love the way they talk. They're staging adults. They're staging adults in those locations. Oh, for the past two weeks, ICE has been staging adults in geographic locations near HHS shelters, to facilitate that process. We will continue to reunite those, those cases that are cleared by HHS as quickly as possible. The judge also ordered that this process of vetting the parents be streamlined. He said yesterday that it is not necessary to vet every single one of these parents through DNA testing and fingerprints and all of that he said that they should only vet parents who have a reasonable doubt that these adults may not be the parents at all or if there is some sort of extensive criminal background. We know that eight Yikes. parents have been denied reunions because of that criminal background.
1: Yeah, eight parents. Wow. What a what a
19: horrible situation this is. And as you were talking, Sandra, there is another deadline looming. In just two weeks, the government must reunite some 3,000 separated children by July 26th. This, as again, the pressure Still going here again. You have Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels lawyer, here representing one of the fathers of uh, the parents speaking here today at a detention
13: center here in New York City for us. Brian Yanis, thank you.
1: I gotta say, you know what really grinds my my gears? gears? Oh, I'll tell you what grinds my gears is these guys using these kids at all different levels for political purposes from Stormy Daniels lawyer to the media to the Trump administration, to the sons of bitches that are smuggling children, trafficking children with them so that way they could have gotten in the country and filed for asylum. Like, it's just so horrible. And
18: that, people, is what grinds my gears. I'll Tom?
1: Tell you what, grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. I do not like it. Obviously, who would, right? But, oh, it's just so horrible to actually watch it. It's one of those stories I just really hope we get quicker resolution, to. Let's talk about gas for a moment. Gas prices are going up. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a dollar. is almost... Almost a dollar ten cheaper here. Dollar fifteen in some cases actually cheaper here in Texas for gasoline at the gasoline station than it is for gasoline at the gasoline station back in Washington. And uh, it's a it's a kind of a, like it's like a, I wouldn't say it's like, it's like it's like it's like having gas on sale when I'm traveling. It's kind of cool. But you've noticed probably the gas prices are going up, and you may have heard that the U.S. and Iran are hitting back and forth when it comes to oil exports. Either way, it's not going to be great for us
2: peeves. Our goal, with respect to the energy sanctions, our goal is to increase pressure on the Iranian regime by reducing to zero its revenue from crude oil sales.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. That's basically declaring war. And reducing their crude oil sales to zero... um, Have at it, Haas. Good luck with that
2: one. By reducing to zero its revenue from crude oil sales. Now,
1: this is Iran's response. Uh, There'll be a translator kicking in here in just a moment. They then responded to this diplomat's statement. When they say they will not allow Iran's oil to be exported,
8: it means that the oil of the entire region will not be exported. How is it possible that Iran's oil can't be exported, but the rest of the regions can? It seems they don't understand what they are saying when they say Iran will not be allowed to export even a drop of oil.
19: Okay, if they can do it, then do it and see the result.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. Try it, you jackass.
19: And as a result,
6: too, there have been calls from Iran's Revolutionary Guard to block the Strait of Hormuz used by Gulf countries for exports. The Strait is controlled by Iran to the north and also by Oman in the south. The U.S. Navy, though, has already reacted by saying it's willing to provide
1: security for trade in the region. We'll do it. You can have us do it. You don't need Iran to do it. Let us do it. We don't have any other interests. We just want to provide security. We want to provide security. That's all. It's, it's out of the goodness of our heart. It's out of the goodness of our heart and your fucking oil. That's what, it, that, that's what it's really about. Now, there is a little more on that story about uh, the woman who died in the U.K. and the couple that were poisoned with that absolutely guaranteed Putin's personal private small batch poison collection. This is CNN Breaking News. And we have some breaking news just into CNN. A British woman
5: exposed to, to Novichok, the deadly chemical nerve, nerve agent with ties to Russia, has died. Officials say that Dawn Sturgis was poisoned along with her partner after handling a contaminated object. Her partner, right now, is still in critical condition. Now, you'll recall that Novichok is a chemical agent used earlier this year to
1: poison an ex-Russian spy. And you notice how he slows down when he really wants to make sure that uh, they're dumb audience clearly understands this is a Russia thing remember Russia is a bad guy like they slow down like they're fast 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 in fact listen to this whole thing because it's just a couple seconds fast 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 and then he slows down when he's trying to remind you of the propaganda I like too that it's a contaminated object how do you get uh, Putin's private stash on an object and is it an object related to the investigation from the previous poisoning I think it might be the clip goes into some details Oh yeah. So, anyways, listen to the pacing. That's what. That's what I was really getting to. This is CNN breaking news.
5: And we have some breaking news just into CNN. A British woman exposed to to Novichok, the deadly chemical nerve, nerve agent with ties to Russia, has died. Officials say that Dawn Sturgis was poisoned along with her partner after handling a contaminated object. Her partner right now is still in critical condition. Now, you'll recall that Novichok is a chemical agent used earlier this year to poison an ex-Russian spy and his daughter who were living in the UK. Did you get all of
1: that, audience?
5: The British government has blamed Russia for that attack
1: the British government, (laughs) nice slip there.
5: I wanna get straight now to CNN's Phil Black. Uh, He is live in London. Uh, Now, Phil, Sturgis' death comes the same week as President Trump is expected to meet uh, with the Queen before heading to a one-on-one meeting with President Putin. Now, do police believe there's a link between these two cases?
20: Yeah, they do, Ryan. Uh, They haven't formally, specifically identified it, but their working theory is that whatever item that these two people handled that it was contaminated by the same batch of Novichok that was used in the attempted assassination of that former Russian intelligence officer Sergei Skripal and his daughter in the town of Salisbury back in March. Now,
1: wow, that is one prolific doorknob, isn't it? If they were poisoned by their doorknob, but yeah, that's a...
20: their working theory. Because
1: oh, okay, it's just a theory. Oh, okay.
20: What they have confirmed is that it is the same. It is the same nerve agent, the same substance, but they have not yet specifically confirmed that it's the same substance, that it's from the same batch. And the really concerning thing is they still have not found the contaminated item that these two people handled about a week ago, which resulted in their exposure, which resulted in them falling in, falling ill, and which has now resulted uh, in the woman, 44-year-old Dawn Sturgis dying as a result of this exposure to a Russian weapons-grade nerve
5: agent. And and Phil, is the sense there...
1: uh, Dropping it in, the weapons, the the Russian weapons-grade nerve agent. Putin's personal stash, private collection, small batch. Right before that NATO summit, too.
4: We're going back to When NATO was first signed, 1949, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization signed to try to keep global peace and security after World War II. 12 countries initially signed on, another 17 joined in the following decades, most recently Montenegro just last year. There's a lot in the NATO agreement, right? But the part you probably know best is Article 5. That's the part that says the parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them shall be considered an attack against them all. In other words, if one NATO nation is attacked. The other nations are expected to help them. That's something the US invoked after 9-11. To do all this, NATO wants money from allies the president often refers to allies paying their fair share but here's the thing he's really talking about what nato countries spend on their own militaries back in 2006 nato countries agreed to spend two percent of their gdp on their own defense and military readiness and according to some brand new numbers out this week only five of 29 countries meet that goal the u.s greece estonia the uk latvia Worth noting, by the way, Poland, Lithuania, Romania are basically within a few bucks of hitting that mark. So complaining about defense spending among NATO allies is nothing new. Presidents dating back to John Kennedy have actually done this. But President Trump is unique in just how tough he is with NATO, calling it obsolete at one point, reversing that assessment once he got elected. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually have been – well, I'll save it for the show, uh, I suppose. I I saved it for the show, I guess, But right. Don't want to break the time, man. Don't break the continuity, Chris. Don't break the timeline. All right. Well, let's keep moving then because that was almost, almost embarrassing. Let's keep talking about uh, Trump's visit. (laughs) I like that uh, there's been um, creations of Trump floats. Trump is a baby, giant baby Trump floats. You can find pictures of it all over the Internet.
12: It's a controversial welcome for a controversial president. (laughs) This 20 foot tall blimp depicting President Trump as an angry baby will soar over London as the city braces for protests against his UK visit. But America's 45th president will be greeted with open arms at the Trump arms.
6: God bless America. God bless America.
12: <laughs> Landlord Damian Smith has renamed his West London pub, hosting a series of Trump themed celebrations next weekend to send a message.
11: President Trump has a lot of sport here as well, you know?
12: The president's disdain for global institutions resonates with some of the customers, many of whom voted to leave the European Union.
1: You saw that coming, didn't you? You saw that, right? Like you as soon as you started you saw where this was going, right? Oh, they're all a bunch of Brexiteers, a bunch of dumb redneck Brexiteers. Oh, what a bunch of Trump loving jerks. Oh
12: resonates with some of the customers, many of whom voted to leave the European Union and want to see an England first agenda here at home. What kind of British people support Donald Trump?
1: And everyone knows that if you want really authoritative commentary on all of the the society you go to the pub and talk to somebody who's six beers in that's where you're going to get the best commentary that represents all of the people blue collar people who feel that they've been left behind by globalization they've been
14: left behind by elites uh, and that they're not listened to
12: but president trump's british fans remain a minority according to one survey just 11 percent think mr trump has been a good president while 67 percent say his performance has been poor
9: or terrible they're bringing drugs they're bringing crime, they're rapists.
12: But his stance on immigration and trade applauded by populist allies like Brexit leader Nigel Farage.
7: By going out and voting for Brexit, they could take back control of their country, take back control of their borders, and get back their pride and self-respect.
12: A message that's likely to be drowned out by protests. No Trump, no Brexit. When the president arrives.
1: Yeah. All right, chat room. I have a question for you. Hopefully you can answer this for me. Are you ready? What is the name of the company who has recently or is close to completely purchasing Monsanto? Who is the company? Now, I actually don't know, so I'm hoping you'll tell me. And while you tell me that, I've got a related clip for you.
15: Well, on Monday in San Francisco, a court case gets underway that could affect millions of people. It involves a popular weed killer Roundup. A dying man claims that it caused his cancer. And as Jamie Ucas reports, what a jury decides could set a precedent.
17: Signs warning of weed killers made by Monsanto are on school grounds in Venice, California, where Dwayne Johnson sprayed Roundup and Ranger Pro 20 to 30 times a year. Now, at 46, he's dying and claims the weed killers caused his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
1: If we win this, Monsanto's in trouble.
17: Johnson's lawyer, Brent Wisner, says billions are at stake.
1: This is the first time that the world is going to see documents showing that Monsanto, for at least the last 20 years, has known that Roundup and Ranger Pro can cause cancer and specifically cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
17: Johnson became the first to sue after the International Agency for Cancer Research determined in 2015 the key ingredient, glyphosate, is probably carcinogenic to humans. Monsanto scientist Donna Farmer has disputed that. In the
15: data that they look at, they cherry pick it, and then they interpret some of those studies completely different than the researchers who actually did it.
17: Aww. Watching the trial are more than 800 potential plaintiffs. Including Terry McCall. So he used Roundup for almost three decades, four mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her husband, Jack, used Roundup. He's seen here at a farmer's market selling his produce before he died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
3: He didn't stop using it until he was too weak to do anything.
17: It's like a
1: drug. <laughs> Jesus, like, I, I did not, I did not listen. I wasn't going to play the clip this far, but then I was like, I'm kind of
17: interested. And then they hit me with that bomb? I should have gone with the tight clip. He's Roundup. He's seen I here at a farmer's market American. selling his produce before he died of non-Hodgkin's know. lymphoma.
3: He didn't stop using it until he was too weak to do anything. He didn't think there was any danger with Roundup.
8: There's never been a herbicide like
19: it before. Since
17: it came onto the market in 1974, Monsanto has maintained its weed killers are safe, the company's defense in Dwayne Johnson's case. All
13: that evidence will show why Monsanto sold that product, continues to sell that product, and it does
17: not cause cancer. But Terry McCall believes the product should at least be better labeled.
3: I would like to see labeling put on the packaging that tells people, like a pack of cigarettes, that this product can cause cancer. But people can make a choice whether they want to use it or not.
17: Scientists have debated for more than four decades whether the popular weed killer roundup causes cancer. This case will last four weeks and will be up to a jury now to decide. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, San Francisco.
1: Boy, chat, the chat room nailed it. I, as soon as you guys started saying Bayer, I was like, okay, yeah, I thought so. I wasn't sure enough to actually say it on mic. But uh, yeah, it's Bayer. So if you listening at home, we're thinking Bayer. Yep, you got it right. They are um, the, now the proud owners of Monsanto, which uh, is insane. Tells you really how big Bayer is because Monsanto was large enough to consider purchasing Blackwater. So that is a pretty intense situation there. I don't really have much more to say on that whole clip other than it's fascinating to see that lawsuit develop. Now let's talk about one that that makes Blasio sound like, like a total D-bag.
13: More trouble at the southern border, according to a letter obtained by Fox News.
1: You have- obtained by Fox News? That's, that means somebody gave it to them. This is The media is so lazy now. So Fox News got this letter because somebody wants to make a stink about this story.
13: At the southern border, according to a letter obtained by Fox News, U.S. Customs and Border Protection is claiming New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio and Austin Mayor Stephen Adler illegally crossed the border between what? Mexico and the U.S.
1: Oh, my gosh. They illegally crossed the
13: border. William Lajeunesse is live in Los Angeles with more on this. William.
7: The senator not just entering illegally over a dry riverbed, but also disobeying a direct order from a Border Patrol agent to stay put while he called his supervisors. Mayors de Blasio and Adler, however, both say they did nothing wrong and deny they were detained. This happened just after the mayors tried to enter. Could you imagine? They're like, oh, that's cute, son.
1: Do you know who I am? I'm going to just gonna, I'm gonna keep going. And then when they say you never
7: stopped when you were told to stop, oh, he wasn't serious. Immigrant detention camp in Tornillo, Texas. They were denied access, according to the border patrol. The mayors then tried to get around security by going into Mexico, then entering the U.S. illegally to photograph the facility. <laughs> However, a border agent stopped them and ordered the group to, to, quote, remain in place while he called the supervisor to arrange transport to the port of entry as required by law. Disregarding the agent's order, the group then departed and illegally crossed back into Mexico. This is according to a border patrol letter that say the mayors violated two U.S. laws and could have been jailed for up to a year. De Blasio's office disputes this, saying the mayor crossed the border under the direct supervision and approval of the chief of the Tornillo port of entry. Any suggestion he was at any point detained or not authorized is a complete joke. That is news to the Border Patrol, who say the mayors did not have permission, nor were they <laughs> under anyone's supervision. You see, somebody wants to make us stink about this. The Austin mayor has a similar story, saying the mayor and a council member were neither apprehended nor detained. They observed a Border Patrol agent briefly speak with a U.S. law enforcement officer, and then the agent left. That officer was de Blasio's security guard from NYPD. The border patrol wants that officer investigated for failing to comply. Agents tell me the group could have been or should have been detained and even processed and fingerprinted, but they departed before that could happen. He also throws something in here at the end that he probably should have had in the main report. Sandra, back to you. Uh, They also apparently were stopped by Mexican police, but disregarded that. Back to you
1: maybe, maybe you could have included that in the court report. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um that isn't that that's obviously like not actually on the scale of things an issue that matters at all, like not moving the scale. But it is a good meta story to watch to see how different political figures leak information to apply leverage and pressure against other politicians. That's what's really happening there. and that's what's fascinating about that clip. Okay. so, I love this clip, I've been sitting on it, it's gonna demonetize this video, but I don't give a shit, it is so funny to listen to the heaps of praise. The media did know what to do with Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick, and there's a gonna be a bite of the narrative coming.
9: It is my honor and privilege to announce that I will nominate Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme <laughs> Court. But well, let me tell
14: you this overall, Lester, I think this is a pick that is a very confirmable pick. You
13: saw very a very confirmed. graceful, gracious nominee. The top thing to you know about him is he's an independent, fair-minded judge.
18: See, I see uh, nothing not to
5: like about Brett Kavanaugh. Woo! The president has made an excellent choice with Judge Kavanaugh. He uh, is extremely well qualified.
13: One assumes that he will be an enormously influential member of the court and very quickly. You cannot imagine
2: a better Supreme Court nominee than Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh has already gotten the support once of the two moderate Republican Senators Murkowski and Collins. He'll likely get it again.
15: It is going to be harder for red state Democrats in really tough reelection battles. Vote against him. I think
3: USA Today in a story yesterday said that on paper he may be the most qualified Supreme Court
13: nominee in generations. And he's considered a conservative intellectual powerhouse. He is, as I said, an enormously skilled. And very
2: conservative jurist. That he would signal from the DC circuit oh, on some of to the Scalia things. I think when that's you legit. should review one of these cases and that Scalia not only listened but sometimes quoted him. It's hard to even theoretically imagine a better uh, nominee than Brett.
1: Oh, that's that's a lot of love. That is a lot of love. All right, you guys, that's the end of the overtime. Thank you for being here. As our current plan is at the moment at least there will be a show next week it may also have to be audio only because I may still be on a MiFi. fi but there should be a show thank you for being here hope you had a good week and we'll see you right back here next week